I am so honored to be returning here to Red Clay Creek Presbyterian Church. It's been a long time. And um, I are any of you, raise your hand if you were here when I was here. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, the, this this church this is the church where I was ordained in 1978, fresh out of Princeton Theological Seminary. The Reverend Howard McFall had begun his ministry at Red Clay only a few months before I arrived, and my ministry included preaching infrequently at first and evolved into once a month when they figured out I could say a few things that were meaningful. Uh, since I. Since I had concentrated in Christian education and seminary, I was able to put what I'd learned along with several years of volunteer work in the church and helping uh, develop the Sunday school program, uh, working with youth and young adult ministries, and social justice education and action. While about a third of my class at Princeton Seminary were female uh, female pastors were still a, a minority, a pretty little minority in the church at large. And I was really blessed to begin my, with my first ministry with the encouragement and guidance of Howard McFall, who was a kind and wise pastor with years of successful ministry and who had worked with a woman assistant in his previous call. I thought that was greatly to my advantage. I remember that after my first year at Red Clay Creek, a man who was a regular usher came up to me after worship and said, well, when I heard the session was hiring a woman assistant pastor, I was opposed to it. I didn't think women should be pastors, but I want you to know, I think you're all right. (laughs) This was high praise, (laughs) and I felt like I'd passed some kind of test. The affirmation was assuring, and I felt my ministry and my call was validated. I'm reminded that we human beings are prone to embracing notions and expectations about people and the roles we play. These notions and expectations are based on what we have been taught and or what we have experienced. But God has ways of challenging the narrow and confining assumptions we make. Today's gospel lesson reminds us that God sometimes interrupts our lives and nudges us toward greater understanding and a strengthening of faith. Luke presents such an interruption in the transfiguration of Jesus. The disciples had spent quite a bit of time with Jesus, but were caught off guard by his unexpected and amazing transfiguration. As they had followed Jesus up the hill, they did not anticipate the appearance of the long-dead Moses and Elijah. The disciples did not expect to witness this dazzling transfiguration of Jesus and hear this voice saying, This is my son, my chosen, listen to him. The disciples not only came to understand something about Jesus' purpose, they learned that following Jesus meant being prepared to expect the unexpected, 
The transfiguration was an affirming experience for Jesus, an awakening experience for his disciples. From that moment of revelation, Jesus' mission was clarified. Luke records Jesus miraculously healing a boy possessed by a demon the very next day. The disciples who witnessed Jesus' transfiguration became the leadership team of those who would bear the gospel into the world. From that mountaintop experience, Jesus went on to transform the world through his ministry, his death, and resurrection. As he commissioned his disciples who had experienced the profound, witnessed the profound uh, transfiguration of Jesus, he told them to carry on this mission of transformation. This church, Red Clay Creek Presbyterian, has been a part of bearing into the world the good news of God's love, the saving grace of Jesus Christ and the transforming work of the Holy Spirit, encouraging generations of followers of Jesus. Though some of the folks at Red Clay Creek Presbyterian were wary of having a woman pastor on the staff, many made, made um, great efforts to make me feel welcome. And um, I, I had with me in the car, you can see it after worship if you want, <laughs> a, a plant because this, this plants, I always think of, of Red Clay Creek when I see this plant that was given to me by a woman um, in the church, a very sweet woman who came to my office one day um, when I, shortly after I had arrived, and she brought me this plant. Um, and the plant I named after her, the woman was named Mildred Weibel. Anybody remember Mildred Weibel? She was just a saint, a wonderful person. Um, she and her husband were real pillars of the church, wise and prayerful and generous. And Mildred presented me with this plant. It's an elephant ear begonia, and anybody who wants to see it can come and look in my car after worship. Um, the, the wonderful thing about an elef- the, a, a begonia plant, I guess this is true of all begonias, I don't know. I haven't had any luck with growing different kinds of begonias, but I'll tell you, Mildred, the plant that I have now, is amazingly prodigious. I mean, it just keeps going and going. But you can break off a piece and you put it in soil, and it just grows, and it grows into another wonderful uh, begonia plant. So um, I don't usually name my plants, but that plant is named Mildred, and she's at least 44 years old. (laughs) So that's a pretty long time for a plant. Now, some people um, are able to prompt these plants to actually grow leaves the the size of elephants. Mine mine never got that big, Um, but it became my practice. I'm going somewhere with this story, okay? It it became my practice in every ministry I had to break off a piece of the Mildred plant and, and grow another plant and to give that plant to someone who had been meaningful to me in ministry in that particular, in that particular church. And so um, an offspring of Mil- Mildred Weibel's plant has been shared with someone in each of the seven ministries I've engaged since my start here at Red Clay Creek. 
And the sharing represents to me the blessings of God that God um, gives to us that can, and it conveys our mutual ministry and, a, and an affirmation of that. So about my service here, one of my major responsibilities at this church was ministry with children and youth. And weekly meetings with the junior and senior high youth group, organizing retreats and hikes and ski trips and other activities for youth, I had, it was just great fun. And we had many adventures together. I had worked with youth all through college and seminary, so I was familiar with what to expect, or so I, I thought. A few harrowing experiences I won't recount right now helped me to learn the hard way about managing youth. A favorite recollection about the youth ministry involves a former pastor of Red Clay, Gordon Roof, and his wife, Peggy. Any of you remember them? Yeah, okay. While I was settling into the service as assistant pastor, Gordon and Peggy returned from something like 30 years of mission work in India and Nepal. And so I invited them to come and talk to the youth group about their mission work. And when they arrived at the church that Sunday evening, they were stunned, almost speechless, to see the youth in blue jeans and T-shirts sitting on the floor on beanbags. Later, Gordon told me that when he had served at Red Clay, the boys came to the youth group meetings in shirts, ties, and slacks, and the girls in dresses. They sat politely at tables, courteously interacting with the other leaders and each other. It was quite a culture shock for Gordon and Peggy to return to post-1960s Red Clay Creek. Though I haven't kept up with all the youth and young adults I met um, while here, I remember them fondly, and we had some great times together. Uh, Three members who participated in the young adult ministry became ordained Presbyterian ministers. Youth group member Kara Hazelbeck is a published author, and Chris Coons is a U.S. senator, so go figure. (laughs) When I arrived at Red Clay fresh out of seminary, Newcastle County was facing court-ordered desegregation of the public schools. Desegregation had been resisted in Wilmington for many years. One of my first efforts was bringing parents together to talk about how we might work with the children and youth to prepare them for this new experience. Again, God provided in an amazing way resourceful people within this congregation who helped us to engage an exciting and challenging time. You know, change is always with us. It's just a part of life. And like the disciples on the mountain with the dazzling Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, encounters with holiness are often unexpected and usually life-changing. If we are willing to follow Jesus... If we are willing to climb the mountain, you know, I've been over to Israel, Palestine, and the mountains are really not, you know, I grew up in Idaho and the mountains were mountains, but anyway, it wasn't such a 
challenged <laughs> in the Middle East to climb that mountain. But if we're willing to climb the mountain, if we're willing to share the good news of God's love, exciting and wonderful events and relationships are ahead of us. Jesus chided the disciples on several occasions. They were prone to falling, falling asleep when they should have been paying attention. None of us ever do that, right? I wonder how much awesome stuff they missed while they were sleeping. <laughs> on the other hand, they may, be more that they may be more common than we know because, um, you know, we can witness these aha moments like the Jesus' disciples did. They woke up in time to see Jesus all glowing and um, Moses and Elijah. But those kind of moments are really rare. And it's easy to miss them if we're not open, if we're not patient, if we're falling asleep all the time. We can easily be distracted, or sometimes we're just too stubborn and comfortable with our skepticism to believe in a holy moment. For most of us, God works subtly to bring us to awareness of God's presence through the challenging experiences that build character, the loving, encouraging companionship we find in the church, even by way of random kindness of strangers. And we do well to pay attention so that we can welcome insights these experiences bring us. We are the disciples of Jesus, commissioned to bring justice and peace and the love of God into the world. We are the ones that introduce Jesus to others. The mission members of this congregation have engaged for 300 years. Wow. For most of us, mountaintop experiences are infrequent, but they, they do occur. And they are life-changing. It's kind of fun to talk to, about mountaintop experiences after we've watched the Olympics, right? Um, I don't know if anybody had any profound mountaintop experience there, but it was a lot of fun to watch them ski. If we are blessed, if we are blessed to engage a mountaintop experience, a spiritual occurrence, we treasure that moment of awareness and clarity and amazement. We've not seen Jesus on the mountaintop hanging out with Moses and Elijah, but most of us, and most of us have not seen Jesus in person except as reflected in the goodness of one another. And that is why God bestows on us the gift of faith. Faith involves listening to the testimony of those who've gone before us and believing in and embracing God's love. In the holy mountaintop moments and in the deserts of despair, through the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit within us, God comforts us and confronts us and guides us. God is always with us because God loves us more than we can begin to imagine. One of the roles of the church and the responsibility of each Christian is helping others catch glimpses of God. Imagine life as a journey through a beautiful place. As we travel with companions, we point out the novel, the challenging, the awesome places around us. 
We are commissioned to share what we discover, our awareness of the holy. My prayer for each of you and for Red Clay Creek Presbyterian Church is that you continue to follow Jesus through the valleys of betrayal and despair and suffering, sustained by glimpses of God's glory, God's goodness, God's love for you. And may you know you are never alone. God's Spirit has sustained you as individuals, and this church with its long history of wonderful ministry and mission. Each of us engages a spiritual journey, seeking to follow Jesus. God is with us on the journey, closer than our beating hearts. Together, God's people are a community of believers, saints, past and present, the church triumphant, the church that gathers here on Sunday mornings. And so my prayer is that God will continue to bless Red Clay Creek Presbyterian Church and each one of you in your walk with Jesus. Amen.